Thank you for tuning in to the Far Better Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to please God now, so our eternity is far better. Here is your host, Michael Clark. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Far Better Podcast. I am your host, Michael Clark, and I'm glad that we have an opportunity today to talk about why and how the apostles suffered. We have a lot of sermons that we hear on these particular matters, and we discuss it, we talk about it, but not necessarily in, in great detail. You know, we'll, we'll throw the throw-in lines of, well, the apostles suffered. And so when I was writing for this seminar that I did here at Somerville Church of Christ on suffering— I asked myself, wouldn't that be a great study for me to do? And I, I was able to go through and look at all of the things that I could find about the apostle suffering. Perhaps I missed something. Probably did. But I've enjoyed my study on this topic, and I'm excited to share with you the first half of it today, which is the why and how the apostles suffered. So like we've been discussing this whole season, this is episode nine, many of us know that there is suffering in the world that we live in. And we understand that in some areas it's even more difficult for the Christians. And why that is, you might be wondering, is simply because the religion is not accepted or that country follows another religious view. I want to point out to you something interesting that I discovered. I want to look at the top 10 countries that deal with persecution. And I'm probably going to butcher some of these names, so uh, don't email the show and say, hey guys, I noticed that Michael doesn't know how to pronounce these countries. I don't live there, and I don't know of many people that live there. So if you'll cut me some slack, I think we can get going with this, and we'll start with the number one country that deals with persecution. And maybe you were thinking China, but really it's North Korea. North Korea. Now, they did a point system in this article that I'll post in the show notes, and it was 94 points. And it stated that Christians and Christian missionaries are routinely imprisoned in labor camps. Number two is Afghanistan at 93 points. 93 points. The government of this Muslim country does not recognize any of its citizens as Christian. Somalia came in at number three at 91. The Catholic bishop of Mogadishu, that might be one that I'm mispronouncing, I'm sorry has described it as not possible to be a Christian in Somalia. In Sudan, it's an 87 point on the scale of the scoring system, and the Muslim government has slated Christian churches for demolition. Pakistan, Eritrea, and Libya, I believe, yes, as well as Iraq, they all come in at 86, but by the way that they're listed, you've got 5, 6, 7, and 8. I believe 5, 6, and 7, and 8, that's right. They're all at 86 points, but we'll start with Pakistan here. Christians and other non-Muslims sit on death row, facing charges of blasphemy. Eritrea has only four religions that are officially recognized. Not one of them are Christian. And these belonging to other faiths are persecuted, and those of recognized faiths are routinely harassed by the government. In Libya, the government is reportedly training militants to attack Coptic Christians. In Iraq, Iraqi Christians have yet to return to their homelands after expulsion by ISIS. 
at the time of this article. Yemen and Iran round out numbers 9 and 10 at 85 points each. And in Yemen, the ongoing political and humanitarian crisis has further squeezed Christians and other religious minorities who already face severe restrictions on practicing their faiths. And in Iran, 85 points. Religious minorities, including Christians, face systematic, ongoing, and egregious violations of religious freedom, according to the U.S. State Department. By the way, you know which country didn't end up on the list? Us. America. Now, I say us. I I know that we have some listeners here on this podcast that are not living in America, but the United States didn't even make the top 50. And you might be sitting there wondering, what in the world does this have to do with the apostles? Well, they were a part of the first century church that faced heavy persecution because of their religious beliefs. And at the time that Jesus' church was started, there really would have only been two options, Jewish worship and idolatrous worship, or as some might call it, pagan worship. And as we study suffering together, it is wise to consider the apostles and all that they suffered. So let's look at the why here. We're five minutes in. Why did they suffer? Well, they were Christians. In Acts chapter 5 and verses 34 and following, one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in respect by all the people, and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Thutis rose up, claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it's not going to do anything. It's going to come to nothing. But if it is of God, you can't overthrow it, lest you be found to fight against God. And Gamaliel makes this wonderful plea here. If they really aren't anything, it ain't going to last. Have you not remembered these individuals here? They had these followers, and they did all of these wonderful things, and then, oh yeah, they're dead. Or they're dispersed. They're not doing it anymore. They're gone. And these apostles here, these disciples of Jesus, if it's really of nothing, it ain't going to work. But if it is of God, you can't hope to overthrow it. They suffered because of who they served in God. They also suffered in this particular chapter, Acts chapter 5, because of the fact that they taught the truth and helped people who were suffering. If you look at verse 12 of Acts 5, it says, Through the hands of the apostles many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And yet none of the rest dared to join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out in the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. 
and also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So let me ask you a question. What harm were they doing to the people? None. In fact, the only thing they were doing was they were hurting the doctrine that benefited this council. The council that they're going to be in front of at the end of the chapter that we were just reading a moment ago, that's what they were doing. All they were doing was hurting the cause of the people who should be following and helping them anyway. That's the why they suffered. What about the how? Well, we find passages in this specific chapter of Acts chapter 5 that say they were beaten. Acts 5.40, they agreed with them, and when they'd called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. They also imprisoned them while they kind of waited to see what they were going to do with them. In verse 17, the high priest rose up and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, they were filled with indignation and they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. And how'd they respond? Well, the apostles' response to the persecution was in verses 19 through 21. At night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, stand in the temple, and speak to the people all the words of this life. When they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and they taught. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. And the officers and high priest, how did they respond to their suffering not being listened to, I guess you should say? Verses 25 through 27, or really 28. When the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely. I should say that over again. Shut securely. And the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we didn't find anybody inside. And now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. And so one came and told them, saying, Look, these men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. The captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they themselves should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, Did we not strictly command you to not teach in this name? And look, you you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. Side note, that's an interesting wording there. Because didn't they say, some of these very individuals, this man's blood be on us and our children when Jesus was being offered up next to Barabbas? And now they're mad that The apostles have the audacity to preach the truth and to put the blood of Christ on their hands when some of their very people were saying, we don't care if it's even on our children's head. Peter responded here and shows us how we can react to suffering. But it also does say the other apostles answered, but we typically check Peter for saying this. But Peter said, we ought to obey God rather than men. 
the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Acts 5.32 says, We are his witnesses to these things. And so, alas, or so also is the Holy Spirit, I should say, whom God has given to those who obey him. And this did not endear them to the council. When they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. You know, did the apostles really care that they were beaten? No. If anything, more pride than frustration was shown. They were so happy that they could suffer. And we'll talk about the why next week, but I want to focus on that for just a minute here. So happy that they could suffer. I am excited to think about the mindset that I should have. To be willing to suffer. But I'm not. And I should be ashamed of that. And maybe you should too. For yourselves. We seemingly spend so much time today worrying about offending people. And I understand I'm not looking to offend people just to offend them. But the Bible does ask the question, am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? And if I have the truth, if I have the gospel message, there is no way I should ever be worried about preaching and teaching the truth. And you know why I should be ashamed when I have those moments? And why you should be ashamed when you have those moments? Because again, at the time of this recording in June, we live in a country and I'm here in America that didn't even make the list. Didn't make the top 50. But I, I, I think we understand suffering differently than we should. I've heard people talk about the pandemic and talk about the suffering that we experienced with that. And it was some suffering. I heard them talk about things and equated them to persecution. If staying inside my house and having to wear a mask in certain establishments and doing X, Y, or Z is considered to be persecution, hear me carefully on this. Man, the church really has gone soft because we can't handle the real thing if we think those things are persecution. They're not. No, they're not pleasant. They're not enjoyable. But I don't have to worry when I put on my suit and my tie and I get into the pulpit on a Sunday 
or I get into the pulpit on a Wednesday afternoon or evening and I teach a Bible class, I don't have to worry about the police banging on my door and coming in to that building and taking me by force and throwing me into prison. I don't have to worry about that. Those top 10 countries do. Those countries that face suffering for their religious beliefs on a regular basis do. And shame on us for acting like just because America isn't where we want it to be, we are in the exact same boat as those top 10, top 50. We're not. I can be better and follow their example. But the question is, will I? Will you? Will we? I can't make it to heaven if I'm not willing to preach the gospel. Can't do it. And suffering can go hand in hand with preaching the gospel. I'm thankful that you spent some time with me today. Next week, we'll look at the idea of the expectation and happiness and suffering of the apostles. But until then, please God now, so our eternity can be far better. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.